You're thinking, how many more messages is he going to preach? I don't know. Just come and find out. When Jesus walked this earth, uh, he was many things to many people. But what he was to those closest to him was indescribable to them. To the twelve disciples and the small group of others who were close to him, Jesus was their everything. Jesus, now listen to this, Jesus to the twelve and Mary and Martha and Lazarus and those who were really close to them, Jesus was all-powerful. He was all-knowing. Jesus was always there for them, especially when they needed him the most. For Lazarus, Jesus was the giver of life. Jesus was their example of holiness. Jesus was their helper, their comforter, their teacher, their convictor. He was one who guided them and who led them, who directed them. Jesus empowered them. He helped them. He healed them. Jesus even gave them joy. You see, Jesus was their Lord, but he was also their best friend. In essence, Jesus was everything to them. All of us have friends or friendships that uh, we have in our life, whether it be someone at work, whether it be a family member, whether it be a neighbor. But we all have those relationships in life that are special to us, but How many of you, and you don't have to answer this obviously, but how many of you have that one close, personal, intimate friend in life? I mean, someone with whom you're bosom buddies with. Someone you could share anything with and they could share anything with you. Share the most intimate details of life, the good, the bad, the ugly. Someone that you would describe, and I know that a 45-year-old doesn't talk like this, but someone as you would describe as your BFF. And Jenna right now is going, oh, Dad, don't say that. (laughs) Speaking of Jenna, Jenna has one of these best friends that uh, we got to have some encounters with them together. And uh, Jenna and her friend would be described as BFFs. If they're not talking together at school, then they're talking together in the band room. And if they're not talking together in the band room, then they're talking like crazy on text when they come home. And, and the phone is dinging all the time. It's because it's Jenna and her best friend. Well, we were with them the other night and, and, uh, they, they even, Jenna, you're going in, you're, no, you're in eighth grade now, right? Thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> her and her friend have made a bucket list for every year that they're in school together. All the way through their graduating senior year, they've made a bucket list, and they read that bucket list to us, and it's, it's wonderful, it's hilarious. And, and see, this is what best friends do, don't they? They hang out all the time. They share everything in life together. These are the types of relationships, folks, in life that are rare. And if you have one, or if you've had one, you should consider yourself very lucky. Obviously, most of us in here, our best friends are our spouses. But we're to 
be considered very lucky if we have those kind of relationships. What, what am I getting at with this? This is going to sound so cliche, it's going to sound such like something a pastor is supposed to say. But don't let the, the cliche part of it pass you by because it's true. Above any earthly human relationships, do you realize that your relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to be your BFF? Above your relationship with your spouse, above your relationship with your friends or your neighbor or whoever it might be, the Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend forever. It's why He came. Listen, all those things that I just mentioned that Jesus was to the twelve disciples and to His close friends, to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, all of those things that Jesus was while He walked here on earth, He wants to be to everyone who comes after Him, who comes after Him. What do I mean by that? Everyone who would pursue Jesus, who would come after Jesus with all of their heart, He wants to be all those things if they were born after Him. That's why Jesus said in John, Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. You see, the Holy Spirit is Jesus in spirit form. And for those of us who choose to follow Him, for those of us who choose to allow the Holy... Now listen to me, I'm not talking about just God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. I'm talking about the third person. As Francis Chan wrote a book, and we'll probably study it sometime, he can be the forgotten God sometimes. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity that gets talked about the least. But He's the one that came to this earth to lead us and to guide us. For those of us who choose to allow the Holy Spirit to be first, to lead us, to guide us. The Holy Spirit, just like what Jesus was here on earth, the Holy Spirit is all-powerful and He's all-knowing. He is always there for us, especially when we need Him the most. Amen? He is our example of holiness. He is our helper. He is our comforter. He is our teacher. He is our convictor. He is the one who guides us and directs us and leads us. He is the one who empowers us. He helps us. He heals us. He gives us joy. He is our Lord and yet He is our best friend. In essence, the Holy Spirit is everything to us. And so much more. Listen, He wants to be the first person you talk to when something happens, whether it be good or bad. The Holy Spirit is God's interpreter, God's representative, God's ambassador to us. He reveals God's heart. He reveals God's plan and direction to us. And you know what? It's vice versa as well. 
When we need to speak to God, the Holy Spirit becomes our interpreter. He becomes our representative. He becomes what we need. And the Scriptures tell us what's pretty cool. I didn't bring this up. I didn't bring up the specific. But the Scriptures tell us that whenever we have a request and a desire and a need of God, we pray. And what the Holy Spirit does, He's like a filter. He's up, he's up here. And the, the Scripture tells us that when we pray, the Holy Spirit interprets our prayers for us. And He then sends that on to the throne He sends that on to God our Father and He, the Holy Spirit, He really knows what we need and He sends up what we really need to God the Father. The Holy Spirit, so vital to our life. The question is, does this brief description that I just laid out, does that describe your relationship to the Holy Spirit? Does that describe my relationship to the Holy Spirit? We should be able to say daily, and I'm looking at some of you in here, and I know this is your life at times. The rest of you, I don't know. But we should be able to say daily things like this. The Holy Spirit told me to do this. The Holy Spirit told me to say this. The Holy Spirit told me to go here and do this and do that. doesn't matter what the issue is. The Holy Spirit wants to lead the way in our life. Now, sometimes it's a, it's a process. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This does not come easily. The Holy Spirit begins to reveal Himself more and more the deeper we go with Jesus Christ. It's an ongoing process. To have the Spirit, the gift of discernment, is something that might just not happen just like that we kind of have to build that relationship. It's just like me and Stephanie. You know, I, 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 the way I know her today, I did not know her that way 18, 19 years ago. But what happens is today is a lot of times I know what she's going to do or say even before she does it or says it. Same thing with me. Why is that? Because we spend a ton of time together. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit wants to finish our sentences for us. The Holy Spirit wants to take us where we need to go. And the only way that we're going to know that is if we spend time day after day with the relationship with the Holy Spirit. If I had to title this message, um, it would be something like this. Enabling the Holy Spirit to make our ordinary into the extraordinary. We need to enable the Holy Spirit in our lives to make the ordinary moments in our life extraordinary. There's two examples that I want to I review with you today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Please bring your Bibles. There may be a day whenever that screen up there doesn't work. Always have your word with you. For the most part, I use New King James Version, um, but I know there are many other good versions out there. Acts chapter 10. Let me just give you an idea of how the Holy Spirit uses the ordinary times in our life. 
let me, let me give you the setting here. The Apostle Peter, he is staying with a man named Simon the Tanner. He was a tanner and he lived in Joppa. Joppa is an old city on the, uh, not far on the Mediterranean coast. It's about 30 miles north, northwest of Jerusalem. And this is where Peter is staying. But not too far away in Caesarea is a man named Cornelius. Cornelius is a centurion of the Italian army. But Cornelius, Cornelius was a Gentile. Now, remember, Gentile and Jews, they don't, they don't mix either. Um, a Jew would avoid a Gentile because they would believe that that could, that could make them unclean. That could uh, desecrate them. So they, they did not deal with Gentiles. And here is Cornelius. Here is, he is a Gentile. But Cornelius is also a man who has a heart after God. He prays continually. He says he gives alms very genuously. And one day, Cornelius has a vision in which he is told to go to Joppa and ask for a man named Peter and ask for this man named Peter to come speak to you. Now, Cornelius knew the relationship that Jews and Gentiles had, so this must have been rather a daunting thing to him. Nevertheless, Cornelius sent some men to Joppa to find this man named Peter. While Cornelius sent his men to Joppa, Peter was on top of the house, on the top level of this house, he was praying. It says that he was actually hungry, and while they were making dinner or lunch or whatever it was, he fell asleep. And in this vision, it tells us that there were there was a sheet, and it was lowered by four corners, and the and the sheet was came down, and inside the sheet were animals of all kind. And there was a voice that spoke to Peter in his vision and said, "Peter, you need to rise and kill these animals and eat." Many of the animals in there were unclean; they were animals that the Jews were not allowed to eat according to the law. And Peter said, no, there's no way I can do this that would defile me. And the voice said back to Peter, what God has cleansed, you must not call unclean. And while Peter thought about this vision, I want us to look at what verse 19 and 20 says. It says, meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Notice, church, that it says the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Don't, don't let that pass you by. See, this is just an ordinary day for Peter. It's just a regular day for Peter, nothing out of the ordinary. He's just going about his day, who knows what he's looking to to do to meet with this next big group of people and speak to them. And, And out of the blue, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. A typical day, but the Holy Spirit had other plans. The Holy Spirit wanted to put an extra on the front of Peter's ordinary day. 
Here we see the Holy Spirit specifically telling Peter what he should do and where he should go. And that was to get up and to go with these men. To paraphrase this story and not go into the whole story, what ended up happening is Peter got up, he walked downstairs, and here are these three men. Now just think about that. Would that not be crazy? You're in a, you're in a, a dream and you wake up and the Spirit tells you, go downstairs, there are three people at your front door right now. That freaks some of us out. You know, we, we've read this and we take it for granted, but what a, what a moment that was. Peter went downstairs. There are the three men. And they told them who they were and they said, our, our uh, master has told us to come get you and you are to come back and speak to us. And look what it says there. The Spirit told Peter, don't worry for I have sent them. Sometimes the Spirit of God is going to prompt us to do something that we're going to say, no God, I can't do that. If the Spirit of God is leading you to do something, if He's leading you to say something to someone, do it. Do it. Do it. What ends up happening, Peter makes the trip over to Caesarea, and he walks into the home of Cornelius, a Gentile. He walks into the home of Cornelius, and, and Cornelius' house is full. It's full of family and friends and people that want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what, now keep in mind that the gospel had not really spread yet to the Gentile nation like it had to the Jews. This was a whole new concept. Or the Jews did not know that the Gentiles were going to be able to receive this good news. And, and Peter realizes the vision from the sheet. He realizes that the gospel is for everyone. It's for Jew, it's for Gentile alike. And Peter preaches to these people. And they all accept Jesus Christ and they all become baptized and saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. What a moment. What happened here? Even though it was unlawful to keep company with Gentiles or go into a Gentile's home, the Holy Spirit was preparing Peter to see that the gospel was now accessible to everyone. But listen, Peter would have never experienced this incredible event had he not been sensitive and in tune with the Holy Spirit on a normal, typical, ordinary day. You see, this is how the Holy Spirit wants to work in our life, church. Our problem is we're so distracted with TV and work and chores around the house and just life that we just miss the promptings of the Holy Spirit, don't we? We do. But this is how the Holy Spirit wants to work in our life. Hmm. This, uh, this lesson kind of became clear to me earlier this week. There is a family in the area that we've gotten to know. And they're going through a very difficult situation. There was an individual in the family that was very ill and very sick. And we happened to have um, friends that these were their parents. And Stephanie has, uh, at different times, she'll make up these prayer cards. There's like a, you know, get a little binder. They're about that, like a, a index card size. And she'll make up 20, 30, 40 prayer cards. And they're just good to have around because when you need help, when you need something, the scriptures are right there. And so she, she wanted to go over to this 
individual's home and deliver these prayer cards and just let them know that we're praying for them. And the last week or two, it just was hard to get there. It just wasn't happening. And, and on Wednesday, she came down the stairs and, and she said, Brock, we need to get over there and see those people. And at that moment, I told Stephanie, I said, honey, inside, I later told her this, inside the Spirit of God said, go and go now. Don't delay it anymore. There was just something in my spirit that said, you've got to go and you've got to go now. So we got up and, and we went over to this individual's house. And the wife came to the door. She really didn't even know who we were. She looked at us a little strange. Well, she looked at me strange. She looked at um, And we told her who we were. We said, we just want to drop off some prayer cards to you. And she welcomed us into her home. And this, was, this is a, a woman in a family who really do not have a pastor in their life. They've been involved with the church, but they don't have a pastor. A pastor had never come to visit them in their time of need. And there was no doubt that it was providential that God sent us to that home that day. We sat down and we, sp- we spoke with the wife and we talked to her and we tried to comfort her. We tried to encourage her and tried to tell her to hang in there. And we ended up praying with her. The very next morning, her husband passed away. And the son and daughter-in-law of this family called us and they said, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming when you did. Your, your visit was so timely. Now, I don't know what it is that we did, but perhaps we brought a spirit, we brought the Holy Spirit to encourage them, to help them get ready to go through what was getting ready to happen in a couple of hours. See, I'll be honest with you, at that time when Stephanie came down the steps and said, you know, we probably need to go over there, I was tired. I was, just, I was worn out and I was tired. My flesh didn't want to go. But the Spirit inside of me and the Holy Spirit said, go and go now. Folks, this is how the Spirit of God wants to work in our life. We need to be sensitive each and every day to what He's telling us to do. It might be that person that you work with at the bank that the Spirit just tells you to say something to them like, hey, how are you doing? Or who knows what it might be. But see, God wants to take our ordinary days, make them extraordinary, if we will but listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, don't shrug off the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Learn to feel and sense His leadings and guidings. And I don't have it down myself. I'm in this with you. But learn to sense when He's moving. This is the kind of relationship that the Holy Spirit wants to have with us. One more story. Go back a few pages to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Let me set this up as well as you're turning there. This story involves a man named Philip. This is not the Philip of the twelve disciples that we've heard of, but this is one of the seven that the disciples called into service. Those that they needed to help serve the poor, to take care of the widows. Uh, This was that group when Stephen uh, kind of took over that ministry. And Philip was one of the seven that, that took place or that took part in that ministry. So this is, this is that Philip. 
Um, but before I go into the story, let me just kind of give the heading of this. Sometimes God will have you do strange things and go to strange places. Things to where you'll say, God, are you sure you want me to do this? And he just wants you to obey and follow him. Acts chapter 8, let's pick up with verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now stop right there. If you're reading through this passage, obviously you can see how the whole story plays out, but at first, that's all the spirit or the angel told Philip. A rather random statement, wasn't it? Just want you to get up. I want you to start walking south down this road. And notice that it says desert. If I were Philip, I'd be thinking, Lord, are you serious? God, can't you give me a little bit more information than this? You want me, Lord, I'm trying to avoid the, the hot desert of the Dilkon. I'm trying to hurt, you know, avoid the, the harsh conditions of the desert. And you want me just to start walking south in the desert? Hmm. And if you notice, the Holy Spirit didn't give him any reason. He didn't tell him everything in advance. He just told him to go. Just like he told Abraham, I want you to take your family and go. He didn't tell him where he was going. Then tell him what he was going to do with him. He just said, go. Church, a lot of this, realize, oh my, realize this, that God not only wants to use us to impact a situation or to impact an individual, God's wanting to do something to us in the process. Because for us to say, okay, God, I'll get up and go south, that means there's obedience in our life. And our faith is being strengthened. Our relationship with God is being strengthened when we do that. Rather strange request, though. Go south. Probably wasn't too thrilling to, to Philip. Hmm. But if you read the story, you'll notice that the Holy Spirit doesn't give Philip all the answers. He just tells him to go. And we must be in tune with Jesus and the Holy Spirit to get through these times. I can just see it. Before long, Philip comes upon a man. This is what the story tells us. Philip comes up upon a man. He's sitting in his chariot on the side of the road. Philip probably looked at him and said, looks like he's having car trouble here. So I'm going to come up and just see how he's doing. Maybe he has a flat tire or a broken tire. Maybe he needs help getting this fixed. And Philip finds this man in his chariot reading. Turns out this man was a very important man. He was an Ethiopian eunuch. He was a, a treasurer in the, uh, uh, the government of Ethiopia. I believe Candace was the queen that he was serving. This was a man of great power, a man of great influence. And yes, he was reading. He was reading from the book of Isaiah. Now just stop right here for a second. Can we see already how God is involved with this? That is like you and I right now. God saying, now, Brock, I want you to go out on 93 and start walking south. Or start driving south. Okay, God, I'll do it. God, can you, can you run me by the Dover Road Dairy? I'm kind of, you know, I need an ice cream cone on the way. No, just go down the road. No. And all of a sudden, there's this car pulled off to the side, and our spirit is 
prompting us to pull over. And there's this man that is just sitting there and he's reading. That's the way it would have been, folks. Peter finds this man reading. And let's pick up with Acts 8, verse 28, the second half of verse 28. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over. Did you, did you notice verse 29? I almost went by it myself. Who told him? The Spirit. Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, (laughs) they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Wow. Why is this such a big deal? Well, apart from the fact that God led Philip to a man of great power to lead him to Jesus Christ. Tradition has it that this man, this Ethiopian eunuch, went back to Ethiopia and he was instrumental in evangelizing Ethiopia. Philip may have thought that he was in for just another ordinary, typical day. But the Holy Spirit had something extraordinary in mind. How many times, oh God, forgive me and forgive us, how many times do we walk by those opportunities in our life every day when the Spirit of God says, do this, say that, go here, and we just walk right on by. There will be times when God, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, will have us go somewhere or do something out of the ordinary. This was a strange thing that God asked Philip to do. The question is, will we follow him? Will we obey him? Tell you one more story and then I'm going to close. Our new general director of the Church of God, Jim Lyon, pastor for many years. He's now uh, uh, in in Anderson, Indiana. But I remember hearing him give a story once, speaking of going to strange places and doing different things, things out of the ordinary. Jim Lyon was pastoring in Anderson, um, a church there, a large church. And he said, One day, the Spirit of God began to prompt him and lead him to do something that was 
almost considered a great no-no in any church. He took his staff, and during the day hours, during the lunch hours, they began to visit some of the local bars. I got some of y'all's attention on that, didn't I? Strange thing, different place. Now, let me just pause here for a second. They did not go late at night. They did not go when the atmosphere was crazy. They did not participate in the sinful activities that were going on there. But let me remind you that Jesus was often found in the midst of sinners. He went into the homes of sinners. And so the Spirit of God began to lay it upon Jim's heart. You need to go to where they're at. And so they just began to have lunch in some of these local bars. And he said, you know, you'll be surprised, but he said they make some of the best food in some of the bars that you'll find around the community. He says, really good food. And he said they uh, kind of focused on this one bar in town. And they went several times. And they struck up a relationship. They developed a relationship with one of the waitresses there. And one time she asked them, she said, you know, you all been coming here, you know, couple times. This is during the lunch hour. She said, what do you all do for a living? (laughs) She got their attention real quick uh, whenever they told her what they did for a living. But see, this is part of the getting out of the walls and getting into the church. So they just developed a relationship with her, got to know her. This is where the Spirit of God was trying to lead them. One day they walked in to have lunch. And she looked at them and she, she said, can I sit down and share with you guys something? And so she sat down next to them. And she began to pour her heart out to these pastors. She began to share with them her broken, shattered life. How her life was a mess and she just broke and she just wept there in the booth with them in that bar. And Jim Lyons says we were able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with her in that bar. We were able to tell her that Jesus is the answer. He's the one that you need to follow. Jesus is there for you. Now, I wish and he wished that he could tell you that there was a great happy ending. We don't know. She did not accept Christ that day and she ended up moving out of town not long after that. You know, we we like the happy endings, and I can tell you, I don't know what the ending is. But here's the thing. She'll never forget that encounter with Jesus Christ. She'll never forget it. You know, they may have just planted the seed. They just may have watered it. And the next place that she went to, the next person was going to pick it up from there. And they may have been the one to lead this lady to Jesus Christ. And what am I trying to say? We've got to be in tune with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants that waitress to be saved. The Holy Spirit wants that neighbor, uh, wants that co-worker, wants that person to know Jesus and you might be the only one to share. And sometimes He's going to lead you and I to do strange things. I've often thought about that myself over the last couple of years is to start looking for the local bars and see if we can go in there and be the light of Jesus Christ. Hmm. I'm sure many of you in here today 
could get up here, you've already thought of stories. Many of you in here today could tell story after story, God, or Brock, God talked to me, the Holy Spirit talked to me, they told me to do this and tell me to go here, and you could tell your glorious story as well. Church, I'm just prompting you this morning to let you know that the Holy Spirit wants to use you. He wants to use me. Let's be in tune with Him today. He wants to take our ordinary days and make them into extraordinary. But in order to do this, we must be surrendered to His will. And we must be fully aware of our surroundings. Don't take anything for granted. Have your spiritual antennas up. I could give you more stories. There's a lady that I know of that going through an incredible time of life, couldn't sleep at all. Went weeks, weeks without sleeping all night. One night she fell asleep and slept the whole night. The next morning, one of her best friends called her and said, how did you sleep last night? She said, I slept like a baby. And her friend said, the Holy Spirit woke me up every hour on the hour all night praying for you. See the Holy Spirit, that's what he wants to do. He is God's representative here on earth and in our hearts and our lives. Dave Sweat, I think he's out in the, in the hallway. God is using him right now. The Spirit of God is moving Dave Sweat in, in a co-worker's life right now. They have an incredible need, and Dave is trying to get involved with that need and trying to meet that need. That's the Holy Spirit prompting. See, it's how we need to work. It's how we need to live. I know we have a picnic we've got to go to. But let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to what he wants to do. I just, I just feel led this morning to just close this in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Dick to come up and, and um, um, any last instructions with picnic or whatever he wants to give. Or um, would, you, would you pray with me, please? Father God, uh, these stories are neat. And Lord, I know there are some that could share stories that might be even more dynamic than, than this. But the bottom line, Holy Spirit, you want to be involved with every facet of our life. Holy Spirit, you want to be our best friend. You want to be that one in our life that tells us what we need to do. And we have such an intimate relationship with you that we know when it is that you're speaking. We know when it is that you're telling us what to do and where to go and what to say and what not to do, what not to say. And uh, Holy Spirit, we want to have such a relationship with you. That takes time. Lord, I pray that everyone that is in this room right now would be sensitive to you. They would begin to have their spiritual antennas up starting right now, starting right here, starting today. Wherever they go, They would be in tune with you and they would obey when you tell them to do something. God, we thank you. Thank you for wanting to make our ordinary into extraordinary. We love you, God. And plant this truth into our heart. May it impact how we live for you today, God. In Christ's name that we pray. Amen.